Welcome to the Women Owned Wednesday podcast by Ellie Jane. I'm Ellie Rowe, entrepreneur and founder of Ellie Jane Collective, and today, two is better than one because I have both Alina Liao, founder of Zenit Journals, and also my future sister-in-law, Tia Marie Brumstead, a clinical social worker and owner of Centered Self. Today's conversation is all about mental health and wellness, and honestly, this conversation was a little like a therapy session for me. In our day-to-day lives, there are so many things that happen, pulling us in so many different directions. Often the deadlines or expectations we have of ourselves become the biggest barrier of all. And the way we tackle those day-to-day challenges is different for everyone. But no matter our background or our family life or our responsibilities or even the demands of our careers, the one thing we are all deserving of is self-compassion and the opportunity to embark on our very own health and wellness journey. And this might sound a little radical, but also prioritizing that health and wellness above all else. In this episode, you'll hear why Alina made the conscious decision to include the phrase radical wellness into her business model and how she believes other companies should do the same. And you'll hear from Tia on how one recommendation from a therapist changed the way she copes with her anxiety, warning that this conversation may be triggering for some, and also full warning the audio does start out a little rough. We used a different platform due to technical difficulties this time and the audio wasn't quite as clear. But without further ado, So I am here today with Alina Liao, who is founder of Zenit Journals, and also Tia Marie Brumstead, who is a clinical social worker and also owner of Centered Self. How are you guys doing? Hi there. Great. Thank you so much. Yes. Yay. So Alina, I'll start with you, actually, because um, I was hoping you could tell me a little bit about your background and a little bit about um, what inspired you to create a company based around wellness for those who don't know, um, Zenit Journals is a radical wellness company with the mission to make wellness accessible to everyone. So I think it would be interesting for us all to know a little bit about your background and what inspired you to create a company based around wellness. Sure. Um, So I started Zenit in 2019 um, and came into that work with a passion around mental health and wellness and really making it uh, more accessible to everyone. Um, I grew up in a family where mental health and wellness wasn't a thing. I struggled with my own mental health challenges and, um, you know, watched family members struggle with theirs, but it was the norm to not talk about it. Um, Thankfully, as an adult, I have, um, you know, I've I've been to therapy, been exposed to different mental health resources, um, and really have, you know, embarked on my own healing journey. And um, so, um, you know, that's been really great, but I still empathize deeply with the feeling um, that I have had that, you know, other people have that, oh, well, wellness isn't for me, or I don't get time, I don't have time, or I don't get to take care of my my health and wellness. So um, that really drives me to um, think of ways to, to, you know, create a product, create a brand that um, makes it easier for all of us to take the time we need to for our wellness. So can you tell me a little bit about um, what Zenit journals do, like what the purpose of them is and how you conceptualize them? Yeah, so uh, uh, with Zenit, you can customize your journal or your planner to have prompts that um, you get to choose. And uh, I thought of this from my own experience, um, during uh, before I started Zenit, I was in a you know big life transitions. 
um, working with a therapist and a coach, and they both encouraged me to journal. Um, I had, you know, for a long time, tried to journal, knew it would be good for me, but always struggled to keep it up. Um, but, you know, I think with a blank page, it was just hard to know what to write about on a given day or feel like the thought of writing everything in my head just felt like too much. Um, but one day I, I thought of a few prompts that were specific to a lot of the things <clears throat> I was working on with my therapist and uh, wrote them in a blank journal. And they were simple prompts. Um, what serves me today? How am I honoring what I want? What am I learning? Um, but just having them down on paper for me made journaling so much easier. And then I was, you know, I was doing it regularly and really feeling the transformation from it. And so one day I just thought, um, man, it'd be nice if my journal just had my prompts in them. And then just thought, wow, I wonder if other people would find that helpful too. And so I just, I followed that and talked to a lot of people about journaling, their experiences with journaling and heard that a lot. Like, yeah, I want to journal. I used to journal as a kid but I've stopped or I have a bunch of blank journals sitting in the corner <laughs> collecting dust. So there's a sense that like a lot of us know it would be good for us and want to do it, but it's actually not so easy. Um, so with Zenit on my website where you shop for journals and planners, um, when you customize it, you'll see different prompts um, that you can choose from. And once you make your selection and order, I make by hand, uh, I make the journal and deliver it to you. So everyone is unique. And the whole idea is that your journal, your Zenit journal is you and the pages. It asks you the right questions to make it easier for you to journal and gain all the mental health and wellness benefits from it. That's great. So I guess my question around that is obviously we're in kind of a crazy time. The last year has been just, I don't, I think some people would say maybe overwhelming just in terms of everything that's going on. Um, how has the past year been for you both? And Tia, I'll start with you. Well, the past year has definitely pushed me to think about how I do things in different ways and really practice what I preach as a clinical social worker. It was a definite transition for me to go from not having long commutes and not being in the office to trying to balance being at home, working a full-time job, a part-time job, making sure my children are feeling confident about school and doing well and having all the things that they need. And just trying to be a mom and, and be um, who I am in a different way. I think as everybody, it really threw us kind of off our balance. Um, and so I continue to just take things one moment, one challenge at a time. And as cliche as it sounds, I think simply bringing my best self to every day. And, you know, some days my best is really not that good, but that's okay. <laughs> and allowing myself space to be all right with that and to recreate what I need um, the next day. I think that's great. Alina, what do you, what has the past year been like for you? Yeah, the past year was a lot. <laughs> um, a lot of ups and downs. Um, and I, you know, I started 2020 already like dealing with 
uh, my own just personal challenges. Um, I was depressed um, and trying to start this new business and get it off the ground and just feeling like I, I was in a place where I was waking up every day feeling discouraged already. Um, and then, you know, COVID hit as well as like, you know, we saw um, just watching all the um, like the police brutality and, and racial trauma and like layers of layers of feeling helpless, right, within my own personal life, within like what I was seeing in the world. So it was a lot. And, um, you know, I relied on a lot of the coping tools that I had developed, but it was about halfway through the year where I, I realized um, I had been doing a lot of coping, but not healing. Um, so that was kind of an important shift for me in the middle of the year where I just decided, you know, decided to be more intentional in how I was using my time um, for my, my healing. And um, one thing that I learned, I really learned um, over the past year was um, what it means to trust, <laughs> trust in the process. And um, a new mantra I developed, which I heard from someone else, is flow, not force. Because um, I think so much of my life had been uh, me like working and forcing things, and I had a lot of success that way, but I, it wasn't serving me anymore last year. Um, so allowing myself to just, you know, even if it, it seemed like in the moment things were not going, well, things were not going the way I wanted to just like keep going, you know, one foot in front of the other and just like trust, um, trust the process and allow myself to live my day to day life in a way that, you know, where the priority was my wellness and not necessarily even my business or, or my success. I think that's a great point. And actually, that was something that I want to touch on, too. I mean, you know, especially during a time like now when so many things are unknown and planning for the future is like nearly impossible. Um, do you feel like conversations around mental health and wellness are especially important? Yeah, I think conversations around mental health and wellness, I mean, they, they have been important um, long before COVID um, and they are still very important, you know, during these times. I think, well, what I've seen with COVID is, is um, conversations around mental health um, happening more often, which is great. Um, and I think that what I would add is, or what I'd say about that is, you know, in addition to having conversations around, um, you know, our mental health and increasing access to mental health resources, there's also just incorporating everyone's mental health into um, like all decision making, right? Like thinking about like as a, you know, for business leaders, like how do decisions affect not only the bottom line, um, but actually the mental health of employees and customers and communities we're in. Um, that's kind of my hope is that mental health becomes embedded into like all industries, all sectors, all decision making, because it is, um, it, it's, it's, it's that important. And Tia, I'll let you answer. I have a follow-up question to Alina once Tia responds. Absolutely. I mean, I'm, I'm as, a, as a therapist, I'm often thinking about folks who were struggling to find peace and balance in their life prior to the pandemic, who may be feeling more isolated and less in control now. 
And then I also think about those of us who are just experiencing life in a very different way. And, you know, we are all just working to survive right now. And it's very difficult when you're trying to survive and just get by to really focus on your whole self and feel like you can be there for other people while you're also taking care of yourself. And I also recognize for many people, myself included, you know, we're not only working to survive a global health pandemic, but also continuing to survive the impacts of poverty, racial injustice, the ever present health disparities that many of our communities face on top of any personal challenges that one might have. I mean, there's just, there's so much to navigate and one healing tool that we do have at our, at our disposal is dialogue and conversations. And in many cases too, that dialogue with one's own self is just as important, right? How we are making sure to continue to check in with ourselves so that we can continue to advocate for what we need. And hopefully a silver lining out of this experience, as Elena says, that we can verbalize what's working better or what might be working differently and verbalize as myself and a lot of my clients are talking about now as we're starting to think about opening up and transitioning back to quote unquote normal, where are those places where we don't want to return to what we were doing before, right? Like what is the new normal for us and how we can set better boundaries and how we can advocate for ourselves and ensure that we can move forward in a way that works better in the future. I agree. I think it's interesting. I mean, there's really interesting aspects to what both of you guys said, and it kind of, uh, both those answers kind of tied into um, the basis of us being personally and individually the first and top most priority. So I think, Alina, what you said about businesses having a focus on mental health and wellness of their staff is really interesting, actually, because as much as businesses want to say, you know, our staff, you know, we wouldn't be anywhere without our staff, you know, our staff is everything. And I, and I think in a lot of cases, you know, that is true, but um, how, how do you have, you know, these conversations about, well, actually the base of a basis of our business isn't profit. It's actually the mental health and wellness of the people that we employ. And I think that's kind of a controversial statement to make, to be honest. I don't think that a, a ton of organizations approach business in that way because ultimately profit is the basis of every business, right? Right. Um, and I made the decision to call Zenit a radical wellness company, you know, using that term radical wellness. I put a lot of thought into that and I, 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 I call it that really to push myself um, and hold myself accountable because that is the vision that I want for any business that I'm building um, where, you know, it's the question, what, you know, what am I like, I guess, what am I maximizing for? You know, it profit is a part of the equation, but it's not the ultimate, you know, ultimate thing I'm trying to maximize for. It is wellness of my customers, of the communities I've been of, of my employees and, I've really been trying, you know, even while Zenit right now is just me, <laughs> you know, um, I don't have a team yet, but I, I, I try to practice what I preach. And so that can look like if I'm feeling overwhelmed one day, if I'm just feeling not well, low energy, and I had set a deadline for myself, 
you know, like giving myself permission to say, you know what, <laughs> I just need to take the rest of the day off or I need to adjust some things on my to-do list. Is that going to push things back? Um, yes, but, you know, I, it's it's made me realize a lot of these, you know, self-imposed deadlines or self-imposed beliefs about what success or winning looks like, it's, um, <laughs> It's made up to an extent. And so at the end of the day, like for me to say, well, what matters to me most right now is my well being. Um, it's really changed just how I operate day to day. And I think that um, that can be a scary proposition for other leaders, other businesses, um, especially more traditional ones. But, um, you know, that's something I believe in, you know, wellness being a human right. And like it doesn't just happen in a therapist's office. I like, every you know institution every person can you know we're all connected as human beings so we can always be doing things that either contribute to or take away from people's um mental health and wellness and tia how does that play into how does manifesting your mental health and wellness personally and also in your industry uh and in your work kind of manifest itself well, in my private practice, it's so important. You know, people are, are entrusting me with their time and their experiences and their stories. And the energy that I bring into that session has to be right. You know, it doesn't always have to be perfect, but it has to be right. And I have to be in a space where I can acknowledge when it is off or acknowledge um, how I might be impacting folks and their progress. And that is a tremendous responsibility, but it's also a tremendous honor. And I think in my, in my daytime job, um, you know, in a, in a, in a large company or in a, in a arena where there's a lot of deadlines and there's a lot of collaboration and a lot of partnership. Um, of course I get frustrated. Of course I'm overwhelmed. Of course I want to be spending time doing other things, but you know, last minute business comes up. And what I feel like I can do is my part in bringing the example or bringing that modeling to every space that I'm in, whether it is contributing to a mindful moment at a staff meeting and, or you know, signing an email with a reminder to be well, um, as opposed to just saying best or you know, check it later thinking through these ways in which I can drop small little mementos that are, that are not only good for my own mental health in that moment and helping me get centered and be ready for what's coming next, but might also be that little thing that helps somebody else in that day. And, you know, I love, I love Zenit's motto around radical wellness and how we can hopefully increase dialogue and increase how businesses are thinking about the wellness of their employees as a strategy for productivity and profit. And one day we won't be using the word radical anymore, but mm -hmm. totally get why we are right now. Yes. Well, I think too, one of my questions about that would be like, so where do you draw the line, right? Because some people would say, well, that's all fine and good, but we live in a strategy or a, you know, a deadline oriented society. And so, you know, some people might say, well, my wellness is just not logging on to work at all today because that's what I feel like doing for my own wellness. Or my wellness is 
you know, not meeting this deadline because I don't feel like it. I'm not saying that that happens, but it's like, where do you draw the line between, okay, like my wellness is my priority and also productivity. And do you guys struggle? Like, where do you draw the line with that? Do you struggle with that at all? Um, yes, <laughs> it is a struggle. <laughs> um, I'm not going to pretend that's not, it's definitely a struggle. Um, that tension that I kind of try to balance day to day. Um, and I think like, like Tia said there, you know, it helps to like think of small ways where it plays out, like small daily ways that, you know, they're small, but they can still have a big impact. Like even taking those, that one minute to just like step back and breathe. Um, it can make a difference. And so I think that, um, for me, a lot of the work well, what's made it easier is doing more of that internal reflective introspection into um, my deeper beliefs that influence um, kind of how I navigate those trade-offs because there are trade-offs, right? I think that um, one thing that actually can hurt our, our wellness is the sense that like we can have it all because um, then we're trying to do it and have it all. and at the end of the day, something has to give, and I feel like often in this culture we live in, it is our mental health and wellness <laughs> that is what is given up, even if we are not willing to recognize that. Um, but, like, I've used journaling to understand, like, my, what kind of drives me when I face those trade-offs, and some, like, um, one thing that I, like, came out of a journaling session for me was, um, like, getting to the point where I truly, truly believe I deserve to take time for myself. Because again, like I, for a lot of my life, like I really didn't believe that. And so I can say it kind of and understand it conceptually. Yes, my, my self-care matters, but it was a journey and it is still an ongoing journey to really claim that belief. I deserve to take time for myself um, so that I can then like set the boundaries I need in, in my day-to-day -day life. And I think um, it's, it's um it requires that deep reflective introspective work to understand like what are the beliefs i hold what are the stories that i've been telling myself um that make me think you know we can't prioritize wellness um so you know that's something that i try to do with um my journaling workshops for organizations help us like get at those beliefs um but yeah i i recognize that it's hard um, and that's why it takes work. <laughs> yeah. Well, I think that's a good point though, because, you know, on the contrary, a lot of the deadlines and, um, parameters that we have day to day around the things that we get done in our productivity, honestly, are created internally and not externally. Right. So, you know, for example, if I want to fit in a gym session in the morning and then I have back to back to back meetings and then I still maybe have a side business that I want to work on and I need to respond to maybe personal emails and I want to cook a healthy meal at the end of the day. I mean, ultimately it's going to be really hard and maybe spend time with a loved one, right? Like it's going to be hard to fit all of those things into a day. And I think that those, especially for those of us who are maybe more prone to be high anxiety individuals or who have a hard time, you know, setting boundaries, like, it's hard to fit all that stuff in and maybe even impossible. 
but in our minds, we believe or we tell ourselves that it's possible and that we can do it. And so some of those achievements, I think, are mental. And so some of that needs to, I mean, I think you're right. I think you have to, it has to be like your number one mindset and your number one priority that wellness is it because otherwise within the whole giant web of things that need to get done in a day or a week or a month, you know, it can get lost. Um, yeah. And actually the, um, the, the new centered self planner that, um, you know, Tia has put together that um, I've been so grateful and honored to collaborate with her on. Um, it's, I mean, I, I want to let her speak to it, but it, it gets a lot at that. Like, how do we navigate our day to day in a way where we're getting done what needs to get done and in a way that is self-sustaining? Yeah, Tia, if you want to talk about like how you, we haven't really touched on how you got involved with Zenit and decided to pursue the creation of your own custom journal. Yeah. You know, in working in the school social work for so many years, and then also through my, my private practice and supporting young professionals, as well as, you know, just adults who are transitioning to different roles and stages in their careers, my clients and I spend a lot of time thinking about how to be more organized and actually feel good while you're doing the things and not only feeling good or proud or confident if you achieve every goal exactly as planned. I mean, I, I'm sitting here listening to Alina talk and thinking about how, how spot on it is personally for me and also professionally, you know, our beliefs really translate into practice and we have to get good about how we are doing things that work for us before we crash and before we have that missed deadline or before we, we look up and realize we've lost a week of planning and preparation and then we crash and burn. And then we say, oh, I need self-care. Oh, I need this break now. And that in that moment usually translates into something that might feel good, but isn't really useful for us to get the thing done that stressed us out or help us do it better in the future. It's the full glass of wine and the six hours of Netflix that then leaves us sleepy and tired and not prepared to take on the next challenge because they're going to keep coming, right? I mean, we even do this with vacation. We wait till the very last minute to pack. We are rushing to the airport and now we are stressed out about the very thing that we've been planning for six months that's supposed to be helpful for us, right? Right. So how we do things um, and how we feel better and get better about that process is what is so important to me and what I have found so important to my clients as well. And really that work as a young college student in therapy myself, you know, I have always struggled with my anxiety and I had a therapist tell me like, you don't need any medication. Like you need a planner. Hmm. Like you need to like sit back and take your disciplined self and your need to like make lists and check things off and like, funnel it in a way. Let's try that first. And it was, it was such an eye opener. And again, I'm not saying that like nobody needs medication or that medication isn't beneficial. Um, but in this case for me that, you know, my brain was like, Oh, somebody said I might need medication to calm me down. And I was immediately going there without taking stock on just how I'm doing the day to day because I could add that medication and it might, you know, 
calm me down, but I'm still not improving on the way in which I am living my life and getting things done. So zoom back a few years and the school where I was providing mental health services um, partnered with Alina on a past venture of hers. And I was super impressed from day one with her work's focus on mental coaching and self-improvement and thought it was right in line with my professional beliefs and what strategies work really well for me and what I've seen work really well for my students and clients. And this planning method has evolved over time and I was so excited for it to come to life in collaboration with Alina um, as a business owner who also believes in that importance of, of one's journey and the practice of self-compassion and promoting mental wellness in our community. And really, again, not thinking about only mental illness and this thing that we still even when we don't mean to stigmatize, we still put aside as, oh, that's something that somebody else struggles with, and instead turn it into a conversation about our wellness and how important it is for all of us to be mentally strong and feel mentally well. Um, and because that's something that we all need, it's important for us all to take a journey on. Yeah, I think that's a great point. I mean, I know for my own self, I didn't even realize until probably recently how much anxiety I actually had because I, you know, I started seeing things like these are the traits of someone who has anxiety. Or I would ask, you know, my boyfriend, what do you like? I remember one time asking him, um, cause he'd be like, well, what are you thinking about? And I'm like, what do you, I mean, pick a tab. Like there's literally 50, you know what I mean? And he was like, and I was like, what are you thinking about? He was like, nothing. I was like, what? How is that even <laughs> like, how is that cool? Um, and then he was like, mm, yeah, that's not normal. So, you know, things like that or seeing things online on the internet. I mean, it was kind of one of those things where I was like, wow, maybe I have anxiety. And then when I actually talked to somebody about it, they were like, maybe, yeah, yeah, you do. Um, so I think having these conversations, you know, around uh, mental health and wellness is really important. And on that front, how do you, feel, and I'll ask you this question, how do you feel like journaling helps you kind of hold your own self accountable for your physical and, and mental wellness? You know, journaling as with my meditation or any type of mindfulness practice um, is a lifelong journey. I don't, I have been actively working towards consistent practice for probably a decade now and I still waver and that's okay because that's part of my journey. But I, I really appreciate space to be messy um, and space to just get it out um, and have found great ideas and new creativity. I've never really thought of myself as a creative person. I look at artists and I'm always so amazed and have so much admiration, but when I take time for myself to journal, it really does allow me to get those things out of my head um, and to find a path that makes sense. And even if it, I, I, I don't, you know, sit there and then come up with great ideas or solutions all the time, but even just an opportunity for me to take space and be able to focus on what's going on in my head. Um, I, I found that I can identify those places where I'm not paying enough attention to myself um, or to a loved one or not feeling good about myself and being able to hone in on that knowing that that's a place where I can take that baby step. And sometimes those baby steps really transform into 
something much bigger. And that's really exciting. Alina, what about you? How do you feel like journaling helps you hold yourself accountable for your physical and mental wellness? Yeah, um, journaling has <laughs> um, become a huge part of my life. And I, I don't really think of it in terms of holding myself accountable, um, but, but journaling has been, um, has created a, a way for me to take the time to better understand myself, understand, you know, what I'm thinking and feeling. Um, I, I often kind of experience thoughts and feelings like, especially when they're intense, it's just like a tangled ball. <laughs> um, and it's like, I can feel the stress or whatever it is, but um, journaling helps me kind of like pull the ends of the strings of that tangled mess of a ball and um, just like understand, okay, what's really happening <laughs> inside me now? Um, why am I feeling this way? Okay, now that I've identified that, like one, that's just reassuring. Um, and then two, it kind of opens up the path forward. Um, I, I find that, um, I have found that journaling, um, you know, it helps me again, like, uh, especially when I'm journaling about like what I want, um, that being like a very common theme among my prompts. Um, it just helps me understand what is, you know, what do I need? What do I want? And how can I be true to myself in this world that I, where, you know, there's so many external pressures telling me to be a certain way or act a certain way. Um, it just helps me get grounded and, and stay true to my natural self, which is, has been a huge part of, of my mental health and wellness. Um, and then last, like, I, I really uh, echo Tia's point about, yeah, it's not like every time I journal, I have amazing insights or profound things to say. And like, that's okay. Cause I feel like just the act of journaling, it, it calms me down and it gives me like hope because it's something I can still do in that moment. You guys are making me want to journal right now. <laughs> a journal session. <laughs> um, so here's a question that I always like to ask. How do you feel like being a woman has played a role in how you view your purpose? And Alina, I'll start with you. Do we have uh, there are so many things I could say about this, but I'll just say, um, <laughs> I, I have, um, I was taught early on that the role of a woman is to take care of others. And I think, I mean, what I was really taught on a more extreme was that my duty as a woman is to sacrifice myself in taking care of others and that my worth comes from how much I'm sacrificing myself. Um, and what I have learned through my own journey <laughs> and a lot of journaling and conversations about this is that like that, you know, that that's too far. And so I've, you know, it's, you know, been doing my work to find the right balance, but I do, um, I do believe that my purpose is, you know, is being in service of others, you know, um, contributing something of like that. Well, yeah, being in service of others, meeting people where they are and, you know, creating something um, of value that, that um, 
contributes to the well-being of others, of all of us. And so right now it's about, you know, especially through Senate, doing that in a way that comes from love and compassion and doing it in a way that is not self-sacrificing, but self-sustaining because I can do it in a way that is true to my nature and that, you know, brings me, brings me joy. I think that's a great point because that's exactly, I was going to follow up on that. It's without self-sacrifice because a lot of the time, and at least what I was taught in Mexican culture too, this is the case the majority of the time. Like my grandmother doesn't sit down at the table until everyone else is eaten. And that to me is a sacrifice. I mean, that, and you know, and that's just part of the culture. Like that is what it is. But I think a lot of the time as women, we are taught that, you know, we're not doing our best for everyone else unless we're giving up something ourselves. And so I think that's a really important point to make. And to you. Yeah, it's something that, oh, sorry. <laughs> no, you're, no, go ahead. No, it's just, yeah, it's something I've observed in, you know, in, um, in, in my, in, in my culture as well, in my family. And, um, like that's, like for me, it's a cycle I would like to break for myself and for, you know, my, if, you know, five kids, like the sense that our, our contribution has to come from suffering and pain. You know, it doesn't, it doesn't. Mm-hmm. Yep. Tia, um, I'll ask the same of you. What do you, how do you feel like being a woman has played a role in, in how you view your purpose? Well, first, I think I need a moment to write down what Alina just said in my journal. Um, but yeah, that it is so it is so deep and so true listening to both of you. Um, and not only when we are flat out told as women that it is our duty to care for others, even if that comes at the expense of ourselves, but I think it also is so evident Ellie, as you were saying, watching your grandmother at the table, and I watch how my mother cares, you know, for everyone and puts herself first. And those sub subliminal messages that we send, and as a mom, even as a mom of boys, I want to send a different message because I don't want my boys growing up expecting if they, you know, enter into a commitment with a woman that that is, you know, the, that is expected and that is the norm. Like, I don't want that for them. And, and I don't want to, to put that off on my clients or anyone with whom I work. And so I think I hear you on that. It is so important for us to, to own it and to be in a space where we can own it and break the, that, stereotypical bias that by owning it, we are being hysterical or by owning it, I am complaining and I'm, you know, weak or soft. Um, and I think we are coming, we're coming a long way with that. Um, but we still have a lot of work to do in our society. Um, and I too, you know, my love language is acts of service and I am very maternal, you know that about me. So there's all of that, but <laughs> I'll say too, you know, my educational background prepared me to do one thing, um, and that was not to be a business owner. And so over the years, as I progressed in my career and wanted to open up a small practice, and then now moving into actually creating something, taking tools from my work with clients and putting them into something tangible that can be available for many more people that I could ever see directly, you know, I have so loved and appreciated observing other women, especially of women of color and women who are in the health and mental wellness space. 
who modeled that acceptance, who modeled risk taking for me um, and really encouraged me to do the same. Mm -hmm. And I think too, it is, you know, for women, it is this constant mental mind game, right? Between what we were taught and in some cases breaking those habits <laughs> or breaking that cycle. And then dealing with the world that still to this very day is not fully equal. So, because I think I never in school, I will say it never really occurred to me. Like we had this conversation cause we're doing diversity, equity and inclusion trainings for my day job. And they asked me, they were like, well, when was the first time that you really realized that being a woman, you know, played a role in your career or your life? And I did, there was no point that I could point to where I ever realized that there was no equality, you know, between men and women. I was raised, I feel like, you know, both of my parents, it was like kind of give and take 50-50. And it wasn't until I got to be older and recognize the things, for example, that I said about my grandmother or, you know, in work being discriminated against because you're a woman or, you know, being told to do certain things because you're a woman, like that came later. And so I feel like there's always this mental, you know, push and pull between like not wanting it to impact who you are and how you walk your way through the world, but knowing that it does, if that makes sense. Well, I think that's part of the work too, right? Yeah. Like recognizing it mm -hmm. and then there's that acknowledging it and acknowledging its presence and its impact and then figuring out what you're going to do with it. Right. And there's a lot of power and pride that can come in the figuring out what you're going to do with it and owning that to the, to the best of your ability and to what you can control. Alina, were you going to say something? Yeah, yeah I, no, I just, I agree. And I feel like it's, um, it's like, <laughs> a lot of my metaphors have to do with food, but it's like, you know, you have a plate of food at a bus this big buffet and, you know, like people put stuff on and you put stuff on, but at the end of the day, it's like taking the time to look at me like, what actually, like, what do I actually want to put in my body? What will actually serve me? Um, and then remembering like, you know, we, we all can take ownership of that and decide like, nope, that's going off the plate. <laughs> um, and this other thing, you know, new thing is coming on our plate or, you know, keeping what was not just we have choice at the end of the day of what we put um of what we um keep for ourselves <laughs> mm -hmm. yeah and I think too you know it's it's one of those things where there's no class on it right so <laughs> that's one thing that I kind of wish like going back I'm like dang I wish Salisbury University would have had a class on this because it could have helped me a lot um but I do feel like you know it's one of those things where it, it, it it's defined through each individual and what they feel. I will say that was a benefit of COVID for me that I got a lot better at saying no to things. First of all, because it's finally acceptable. I'm like, no, I'm scared of COVID. I can't do that. But also <laughs> because I do feel like it allowed me to create more boundaries around things than normal. Um, I don't know if you guys felt that way too, but I know I did. Yeah. Yeah. It, I think it gave us, it certainly, I felt like I had, it gave me more permission to be more explicit with myself and others about, about boundaries. Agreed. Yeah. Um, I wanted to ask you guys too, 
what do you what is your hope um that you achieve with these journals how do you hope that others interact with it and what are you really looking to get out of it at the end of the day both for yourself and and also for you know the people who end up utilizing them in, in their day-to-day um i my hope is that you know well wellness our mental health and wellness it's it's such a personal journey and um you know that that's what drove me to create a platform where people can customize you know have an easy way to to customize their journal and you know my hope is that it it helps more people build their inner sense of ownership over their mental health and wellness um and because there's power in that right there's power in coming to the realization and truly embracing i am in the driver's seat of my wellness in fact i'm in the driver's seat of my own life um there's a lot of power and 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 there's a lot of power in that and um in addition to creating ownership you know i'm all about trying to create, you know, build our sense of pride and joy in the work we do for our mental health and wellness. Um, you know, there is that still that stigma around um, mental health and it can feel like, you know, super clinical or like um, it just relates to mental illness, but, you know, joy is very much a part of our mental health and well-being. So I want to, you know, I, I want to keep providing a product and a brand that makes people feel that pride and joy and talking about their mental health. And I'll, I'll just like give one example that has really stuck with me. Uh, when people can, when people customize their Zenit journal um, and they'll be able, they can do this too with the um, Tia's Centered Self <laughs> Planner. Um, you can add your own personal affirmation or mantra or quote to, on the front cover of your, um, or on the inside of your journal. And one order I got last year, someone, added the quote I am not trying to run from my darkness I am learning to love myself there and when I read that I was just like wow (laughs) like I relate to that and I just thought that was so powerful like such a powerful statement of self-love um so like if I can be a part of people feeling that way like that that's what I want yeah absolutely Tia, what are your thoughts on on what you hope others achieve from from your from this journal? Yeah, I I love that mantra, Alina, and similarly want folks to you know take the tools that Zenit and hopefully the Center Self Planner will also provide them with as just a stepping stone to to finding a path that works best for you and to be comfortable with owning it and adjusting it and changing course as frequently or as infrequently as you need to, but really feeling a sense of control and a sense of pride in how they are getting things done. And so folks will find in the Centered Self Planner, there's some prompts and there's some guidance, but there's a lot of space to really use it for how it works for you. 
I use it differently. I've used the method differently over the years. And every time I, I do it with folks, we, it, it always seems a little different and there's nothing wrong with that. And that's the beauty in it. It's just a way to, to, to provide just a little bit of structure and a little bit of prompts to get you going. Um, so that's what I really hope for people that, you know, perhaps someone will have the planner and they get halfway through it and then they want to use it completely differently than they thought they were. And that's okay too. And there's no judgment there. But really just about ownership and finding pride and a sense of peace with, um, with having that organization in your life. Yeah. In that same vein, what inspires you guys the most about, about this work? Um, for me, it, it really is, um, every, every individual order I get and getting to see, you know, what mantra someone uses and which prompts they use, I can see how this really is contributing to someone's personal wellness or healing. And it's, of course, been inspiring to also get, you know, get validation and hear from customers who've said, like, oh, my God, like, journal. I was never able to journal, but now it's been, you know, two months, and I'm doing it every morning. I look forward to it, and it's helping me get in tune with myself. Um, that absolutely um, inspires me. So, but yeah, just knowing with every individual order, um, seeing how it's contributing to someone's well-being inspires me. And then like, just my ongoing, like bigger visions around, like I said, building this radical wellness company and really being able to stand by that as I grow um, inspires me as well. And just like the opportunity to contribute to a larger inclusive wellness ecosystem, you know, through collaborating with, um, with, with Tia and, and other people in the wellness space um, to make sure that it's, you know, in an inclusive space, um, that, that really keeps it going as well. Tia, what about for you? What inspires you? Through the release of the planner and, and I think too, just in the ongoing work that I do with some really amazing clients, just getting to witness people have their aha moments and feeling more comfortable in their own bodies and feeling open to talking about their mental wellness, um, even with colleagues and friends and folks that I know professionally. I was having a conversation with a gentleman a couple of weeks ago who at his job, we don't work together, but at his job was practicing mindful moments, which is actually something that we do in my day job pretty consistently was starting every minute with every meeting with a mindful moment. And to hear this, this guy who, you know, is a self-proclaimed alpha male, um, talk about doing deep breathing and like feeling more comfortable to even leave his camera on while he's stretching during a mindful moment and to acknowledge how that helped him. And he was then able to use this with one of his children who was really struggling with being at home and being in front of, you know, a zoom camera all day long. Um, it was just really, really powerful that he was able to get a tool that helped himself and then um, was able to teach that for his child and that child will have that tool. And so I'm always just inspired by people trying new folks willingness to try new things um, that are, that can be really beneficial for their wellness. And I mean, in that, along those lines, I mean, where is the future for this? Where do you see this going? 
um, in the future. And uh, Alina, I'll start with with you. Yes. Uh, I I mean, I want this to keep going. Um, Certainly, I want to grow Zenit, reach, continue to reach more people with it. Um, And, um, you know, thinking about there's providing the journals, um, more options um, to, to meet every individual where they are. There's, you know, promoting wellness on that one to one level. Um, there's promoting wellness on the, in a more, you know, organizational level, um, with my journaling workshops, um, online, um, course videos, um, that I'm, I'm launching soon, um, around building a culture of wellness. So, you know, trying to find different touch points all about advancing wellness and, um, in our day-to-day lives. Yeah. Well, I think we can all um, get better and more intentional about that. Um, and I really appreciate both of you guys taking the time to, to chat with me today. Um, Tia, do you have any snippets that you want <laughs> that you want to leave all of our listeners with or Alina before we, before we head out any mindful tidbits? I'll say, which I'm sure has been said from both you, Ellie and Alina, you know, just giving every, everyone just needs to give themselves permission to, to take space to think about what they need um, and to do that. And that doesn't mean that we can always control the outcomes of that or what comes next, but it is a journey and we all have permission to be on this journey in the way that works best for us right now and always. I love that. Alina. Anything you want to add? I love that. I love that message. Um, I'll just add um, that, you know, you, whoever's listening, you are worthy of taking time for yourself and your well-being. You know, we don't have to work or do anything to deserve it. We all innately as human beings deserve to take time for our well-being. Amen. Thank you, guys. Thank you so much for joining today. Talk soon. Thank you. Thank you. If I leave you with nothing else today, I leave you with the mantra Alina shared. I am not trying to run from my darkness. I am learning to love myself there. We are all deserving of love. I hope you remember that today and always. As always, please tell your friends about this podcast. Listen, subscribe, and share us on social media at Ellie Jane Collective on Facebook and Instagram.